This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. This is Are You Kidding Podcast. I can listen with my kids. With brothers Sebastian and Brandon Martinez, who are kids helping kids. And thank you, Enrique. So, Brandon, I am very excited to introduce everyone today to our special guest who has been watching us grow up, but not only as kids, but also as entrepreneurs for the past several years. And he is a public speaker, an entrepreneur, an educator, and a coach who specializes in building individual and organizational strengths from within. I'd like to introduce everyone to our friend, Mr. Juan Casamiro from Biznovator. How are you, Sebastian, and and your partner there? You guys are fantastic. What an honor to be here with you. Thank you. So, so how are you doing today? I am fantastic. You know, they say that where there's a crisis, lies an opportunity. And what a great honor I have in this opportunity to speak to you guys. You're amazing. Are you kidding, (laughs) founders? And uh, we'd like to have you here, but due to the coronavirus, we can't, so... At least we got you here. At least we're practicing social distancing. Yeah. That's okay. That's all good. That's all good. We're we're using, you guys are smart in that you're using different mechanisms to get the word out. And that's good. Thank you. So we all know that you like teach children and young adults about business. But why did you start? You know, growing up, I used to have a newspaper route when I was about 10 years old until about 12. And I learned how to hustle and work hard to make money. And then as I got older and going to college and everything else, I still uh, kept my entrepreneurialism in place, meaning being an entrepreneur. But then at 35 years ago, I asked myself, why aren't schools teaching kids about business or entrepreneurship? And that's how I got started. 35 years later, I'm doing this around the world, and I talk a lot about finding your passion. Yeah. And I found my passion a long time ago. It's always okay to start a business young because my fam- my famous quote is, you're never too young or too old to start a business. You could be five or you could be 70. And I, I agree I, with you that schools should, like, even, like, elementary, they should have, like, a business, pro- business program. And I know some schools do, but, like, they should make it, like, all the schools. Yeah, it should be. I think it should be mandatory that just like we teach biology and sciences at certain grade levels and math, I think every kid in the world should get exposed to yeah. entrepreneurship and business early on. Absolutely, I agree with you. Yeah, it's a good thing to know because everyone's going to have a job at some point because you need to have a job to make money. And if you have your own company, that'll be even better because you're in control. You're not working for someone who's controlling you. And they should yeah, have, that's a big mess. 
that's a big message. Yeah. And they should also teach like public public speaking, like how you do, but like in schools, they should like start it and make it mandatory because I- even if you don't want to start a business, maybe in the future you you'd want have a passion, or or maybe you won't, and you'd know how to talk clearly to people, and you yeah. won't be nervous. Yeah, I've, I've discovered there's well over 25 skills and benefits to learning entrepreneurship. That worst case, should you not start a business, but let's say you've experienced business like you guys have and still experiencing every day, you, you're picking up probably over 25 skills and benefits that can transfer over should you work for somebody else in the future. In fact, most companies are looking for entrepreneurial thinkers and uh, something that they call intrapreneurship. So intrapreneurs, meaning employees that are entrepreneurial thinkers within companies that they work for. So it's a good thing. There's a lot of great skills as a result of learning and doing business like you guys are at an early age. Yeah, it's very important for schools to teach us that. But I also feel like some schools might be doing it wrong, like teaching finances instead of like, Looking for what kids are passionate about. Because finances are, like, mostly for, like, adults. And finances, like, it sort of, like, scares the kids away because, like, you don't want to go over. It's, like, something really hard you have to try to overcome. So you want to try and bring them in first with something, like, a passion they have and something fun. And then they can teach them about financing. Yes, so so figure out a way to hook them in and then start teaching them more sophisticated concepts. However, uh, we know kids love money. And we also know that kids spend a lot of money in this country, particularly uh, they're driven by consumerism, by buying a lot. Yet, we're not teaching them the proper ways to manage, grow, earn, and save money and invest money. Uh, They like money, but they're not learning the appropriate way. So I agree with you. Let's get them. Let's hook them in one way or another through passion and interest. And then little by little, let's teach them the core concepts of money management, personal finance, absolutely. Yeah, that that I agree with you. They should like be, uh, like investing money. Like that's why their parents should always be there to help them. Because if it's just a kid business, without like your parents or any adult, it's gonna be really hard to like do finances. And that's why you need your parents to like do the, the hard stuff while you can like make, do your passion. Yeah, I, I really believe that young people your age and younger going into business, having a parent that not only understands what you're doing, but that fosters and supports what you're doing uh, is a great thing. You'd be amazed and surprised how many young people tell me that their parents don't believe that they should go into business at 10 or 11 or 12 years old, that it's setting them up for something else. And I also hear parents say, well, I don't want him to make money because he might leave school. I say on the contrary. I think when you're making money, you're opening other opportunities. Uh, and if at least you're learning how to run you know, your finances and running a business, you're developing other opportunities for you later on in the future that will be very beneficial. Yeah, it really benefits the kids in many ways because they're really preparing themselves for the future for success. Now, do you? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you find it easier to teach children businesses rather than adults? Um, I, I do. I do find it easier because I find that young people, believe it or not, we got a program that starts as early as kindergarten called Kinderpreneur. 
and we run this at a local school here named Loyola in uh, in Doral, and these are kindergarten students, and they are sponges, right? Almost anything that you can go in in front of them for that particular day, they will learn it, and uh, they're open for it. So they don't see the barriers. They don't see obstacles or anything like that. They just want to learn. And if we can start planting the seed early on in children, as early as five years old, believe it or not, uh, the better, right? So it's just what we're doing is just planting that entrepreneurial seed so they can start growing. Uh, as adults, many adults, uh, older folks have their ways, have their habits, have probably poor customs or poor ways of doing things. So sometimes you got to fight that battle, teach them something new. Not all, but many are set in their way. So that's why teaching kids early is even better. And yeah. I think we see better results in society as a result of this. Yeah, I also feel like adults, like they might have like when they were younger, build up bad habits. So like, I don't know, maybe like dozing off while like not like paying attention because kids, they're usually like focusing on something. They really like want to like learn. They want to pay attention. But like adults, like they might become like get some bad habits of like not paying attention. So <clears> kids, is, I feel like it's also easier to teach. Any kid? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that teaching uh, any subject has come down to how effective that teacher is in getting the message across. Because I could also say that attention span among Gen Zs. Uh, young people born from, let's say, 97 and on, Generation Z students, attention span has reduced. Uh, you have more students with attention deficit disorder. You got more issues that are taking place among young people. So teachers also, also need to be trained as to how to get the kids' attention, how to make it real life, how to make it relevant. So can you imagine you learning about, are you kidding through a textbook, but never doing it, it'd be kind of boring after a while. But you guys are learning it and doing it and putting it to practice right away and reaping and getting some rewards as a result. Yeah. One thing my teacher does all the time to get my attention is, well, I always pay attention during class, but, like, if I'm not participating, she just calls on a random person that's not paying attention. And that's that's smart. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's, cut. it's annoying, but at the same time, it's it's – it's smart because you're you're making them paying attention and and giving them a chance to yeah, and it gets them, it catches catches them off guard, and therefore you know that's very interesting that you mentioned that because one of the things I always like to do is get young people to speak, and I tell them when you when you come to my camp or my workshops or my classes, be ready because I'll call you out at any given time to say something even if it's for five, 10 seconds, because we got to get folks to become at your level where here you are interviewing adults and speaking in public all the time. And then these are sort of impromptu, like at on the spot presentations they got to do unexpectedly. And this gives them good practice. And uh, I think a lot of kids are shy, especially when I travel throughout the world in Latin America, so much talent, so much brilliance, uh, but then when you ask them to talk, they, they shy away. And uh, we want to keep working on that always. Did anyone teach you business when you were a child? You know, I, I learned it myself. Uh, I think at 10 years old, around your age, uh, I knew what it was to have work ethics, to get up early, 
get the newspapers that were uh, basically delivered to my doorstep. And then it was my job to go deliver them to my neighbors. I would knock on doors and take orders. I would then share, ask them questions. Are, are there other things I can do and bring you? Since I'm already up at five in the morning to bring you the newspaper. And I would survey them. And some of them say, yeah, we could, we would like a donut or we would like a hot bagel. And this was in New York City many years ago. And I think I've learned the core concepts of discipline, customer service, understanding that customer is the king or the queen, that they are the ones who drive your business. So therefore you should be paying attention to your customer. I understood how to make money, uh, have my own empowerment of choosing to do what I wanted to do with it. Uh, I, I would give my mom some money. You know, it, it was an amazing feeling at a young age. Uh, and I basically taught myself, you know, doing that. And then I think I learned the foundation or the core concepts like your list you're doing right now. You're working hard and, and working smart. Uh, and that's what business is also about. That it's not just having this beautiful product and all the monies to market it. It's also the work ethics that a lot of our young people need to focus on. That through hard work and working smart, eventually, you become more successful at almost anything you do. Now, do you feel like that is the most important characteristic in an entrepreneur? Or do you think there's something more important? Those are just some of the things, right? So this, I divide these up into several components. One is building skills, right? Because you could be extremely brilliant, but if you don't have the skill to get your product to the marketplace, then it becomes a great product, but nobody knows about it. So you need to be very skilled. But I think aside from skills, there's very um, common characteristics that entrepreneurs need at any age. Number one is hard work ethics. You got to work hard. Number two is be about having faith. You got to trust. You got to have faith in yourself, faith, faith in a higher being if you're connected that way spiritually. And I also understand the, I want, you know, young people should understand the importance of just doing good in delivering an amazing service or product. That when you're doing that, people see it, they taste it, they live it, they they experience it, and they love it. Eventually, they buy it and, and focus on service and uh, pro- providing good quality product and service as much as possible. And if you're a good uh, server, then all the customers will come back to you, and then you'll, like, expand from there. Because if, like if you're a bad one, then they just yeah. leave. Even more than that, when you are providing a good service, a quality price, even if your product is more expensive than others, but you're delivering a good quality product and a good service, a happy, satisfied customer becomes your best salesperson. You can't imagine how many people have heard about, are you kidding because I wear your socks? And when I wear your socks and I'm speaking in public and I'm speaking to young people and adults, I pull my pants up and I show them the socks that I'm wearing. And in this case, are you kidding? That's because you have given me this amazing amount of service and you have become an example for other young people around the world. So I talk about you guys 
and I'm always going to be willing to help in any way. But that goes back to the service, the smile, the quality of your sales process that you showed me when we first met, your energy, your enthusiasm. All of this makes up, are you kidding? That to be honest, it goes beyond the socks. It's really what's behind those socks that really make your company. And those are things that not everybody either knows or if they know it, they don't put it to practice enough. Well, first of all, we just want to thank you for, you know, sponsoring our socks right there real quick. And also, I feel like a good example of those service is barbers because, like, if they if, if they give you a bad haircut and they make you look sort of dumb, you're going to be like, wow, I'm never coming back here again. But if they give you a good, like, cut and those are friendly to you, like, always asking you questions like, hey, how are you, man? Everything good? You're going to be like, hey, I really like this guy. I might give him an extra tip. Absolutely. You know, that's interesting that you mentioned that. I'm a bald-headed guy, but I still go to my barber about every two weeks. And I, I do not change barbers. I have had uh, my barber here in Miami since I moved here in 1998. And I don't go to anyone else. And it's not that I can't find another good quality barber with the same skills, but it's more so the attention that he gives me the time of day that he gives me. Uh, we talk about issues besides giving me a good, you know, shave or cutting my hair. Uh, it's that attention that I pay for. And he gets me to enter a certain zone during that week that I just check out and relax and feel pampered. Same thing I'm sure happens to women when they go to a beauty parlor and get pedicures, uh, you know, manicures, they get their hair done. It's a moment in your life, especially if you're very busy, that you are able to disconnect and just be served. And that's what my barber does. I, I go there to get served, and that's why I keep going there for years, and I keep telling others about it too. Yeah, I feel like good service goes a long way because people are really going to be like, wow, I need this again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't ever forget that. That service is key. Is key. It's all about the experience. Absolutely. The experience is what we pay for. I really believe that. I think Disney has done a good job on that, right? So they get people, you know, if you think about Disney, they get you as early as newborn, one month, all the way into your grandchildren. So not only as into your adulthood, but uh, I can't tell you how many families just keep going back to Disney when they have their own children. And they look forward to taking their kids to Disney as grownups. So, they literally have you as a client for a long time. And it has to yeah. do with the experience that they sell. And I love Disney and I will for life. And let me tell you, my <laughs> grandparents love going there. And and just going on the ride is fun and experience. Yeah, the experience, the, how much time and energy they put into training their staff, the quality of the parks, the rides, the, clean, the cleanliness. And if you can learn from them those same skills and characteristics and put it into any venture, I think it takes you much further. So I have another. Um, how do you see kid entrepreneurs around the world? Like, are they different depending on where you go or are they all the same? You know, I've been teaching youth entrepreneurship going back to New York City since 1987, 88. And I've seen many children around the world in the 35 countries or so I've visited 
I've had the great experience of not only visiting other countries, but learning about other cultures. And I see some things uh, in different ways based on the economic status of children. So when I go to Africa, when I go to countries like in Haiti, Dominican Republic, and elsewhere where there are lower income entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, they are hungrier. They have this amazing desire to succeed, but many of them are driven as a necessity, right? To run a business, to make money, to survive. And then when I see other young entrepreneurs in other countries that are more established, more economically stable, uh, part of it is, is the thing to do because I like this hobby or I want to do it because it's cool. Uh, so it, it is, it, it is a difference, but the one common characteristics amongst all young entrepreneurs is that they will do, they will almost do better when what they do as a business ties in and aligns well with their passion and purpose. Yeah. So I also teach find your passion and put it into action as often and as long as possible because it eventually take you to your purpose. And when you run a purpose-driven business like, are you kidding? Then you will run this for probably the rest of your lives in bigger ways, but the lessons you've learned are amazing. And uh, it's a passion and purpose-driven venture that you're running that you know we all want to get behind and support it so it can keep growing. It's also like in sports. Like you find a lot of kids in lower economic situations are always hungrier. They always want to be the best. They always want to make it to the NBA so they can make a name for themselves. And they also want to like support other people because once you're in the NBA, you start making like a lot of cash. So they want to also support like their countries, their families. They just want to help make a difference because they know how hard it was to live and survive. And they just want to help everyone have a better that's time. Tr- they want to help everyone that's going to the same. You know, that that's a good point. If you look at some of the most successful entrepreneurs, whether they were athletes or not, many of them become philanthropists, right? So many of them become humanitarians. In other words, they become so successful that eventually they want to give back. Athletes are somewhat like that as well, except that many successful entrepreneurs, particularly entrepreneurs who came from other countries who got established in this country, in the U.S., for example, or throughout Europe, many of them had a hardship, had a challenging situation growing up. Many very successful entrepreneurs at best were either low or up or low or middle income, the majority. Not many were born with all this wealth, right? Yeah. So very few were born with an amazing amount of money. Very few. Most started with very little or zero. And in that process of growing and developing, they had the sense of, you know, when I make it one day, I'm going to start giving back. And that's how you get all this philanthropists who give back, like the Bill Gates and others that are giving and doing good things. But something very important that you guys are doing is that you don't have to wait until you are a billionaire or a millionaire to give back. You guys are already doing that now. You, you, you're, you're doing an amazing thing because most people are just driven once they start tasting success in business, they're, di- they're driven to keep growing, and that's a good thing, but few are driven to keep giving. 
And, uh, you know, we, we want more of that. We want young people to understand that you can make a lot, but also help a lot. Yeah. And the uh, main goal is to inspire kids to help give back. And um, do you feel that other countries encourage kids to become entrepreneurs like here in the U.S.? You're, in, in my 35 years, you're seeing more and more of that. However, not at the level that it ought to be given these days. So, for example, in the United States, when I first got started in New York City, teaching inner city, economically challenged children in the South Bronx, most people thought we were probably crazy teaching these kids. They're not going to learn this at this level. And so on. these were high school students from, uh, you know, public housing, lower income. And back then it was a challenge to get it going. But now there isn't a single city that's at least trying to uh, foster and bring entrepreneurship to the forefront. However, there's still this big gap that's missing as far as teaching entrepreneurship to young people in our public, private schools as well. Uh, 70% of business school professors in college, 70% of them never ran a business, but they're teaching business theory, mm. right, at the college level. So think about that. Let me give you an example. Imagine that I'm trying to teach heart surgery, but I had never performed an actual heart operation. Yeah, you right? have no idea what's going so on. So now you're having professors teaching business, but they never ran a business. And there are a few colleges that require that if you're going to teach business and entrepreneurship, that you yourself ought to be an entrepreneur because you could teach it better. You can live it. You could teach it better. Yeah, so does. it's changing, and I think it's a good thing. I think you guys need to be placed uh, in the forefront, more visibility. You're doing amazing things, more than what you could even imagine as to how you're influencing society, even at a distance. Uh, so I commend you on that, and, and I would do whatever it takes to help support what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, What are the top three businesses you always hear kids want to start, like a baker a chef, uh, make t-shirts? Uh, I find that some kids start easy businesses. For example, a t-shirt company is really not that hard in that if you come up with the design, you don't even have to get into the manufacturing of it, right? You get somebody else doing that. So you come up with designs and you place it. What's challenging it is bringing it to the marketplace, sustaining it, and then growing it, right? So once you've developed, that's where it gets even more challenging. The easy businesses I always find are the service businesses, you know, services that you can provide that require little capital, uh, that require, you know, raw materials, but that tap into your intellectual capital, so your capacity, right? So I know a young man that I taught many years ago in New York City he started by walking one dog uh, from the building that he lived in. And uh, he lived in a 10-story building back then. And he surveyed the, the residents of that building. And he found that uh, there was about 15 or 20 apartments that had pets. And he would then, he started walking one dog. Eventually, he was walking about 15 dogs twice a day, picking them up taking him for a walk about five or six at a time early in the morning. And then at night when, when he came back home from school and he was making money right out of his building 
right? And uh, doing something that he liked doing because he loved pets. And then he started uh, cleaning uh, fish tanks. For those who own fish tanks, he would once a month go in and empty out the tanks, clean them up, and then put them back and, and so on. And then he started organizing because he noticed that some apartments, uh, uh, he, would, he would organize their closets. So he was looking for things that they didn't need, for example, go into their closets and organize their closets and then he would ask him, look, if these are things you don't need or want that are worth value, I would like to take them. And then he would donate those things. So they would pay him to organize their closets. This is from one building. So there you have a service, but that service comes and gets executed by someone who's driven. In this case, he was maybe 13 years old doing this. And I remember at one time years ago, this kid was clearing about, you know, $300 a week uh, right out of his building. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, he was doing real well. Have you ever discouraged a kid from starting a specific type of business? Yes, yes. I was confronted uh, some years ago. I was running a camp in Northern California uh, in, uh, in Mount Shasta. It's way north. And the kids were starting their business plan development. And I always check what they're doing uh, as far as the business plan. And one of the kids, uh, the business plan that they were designing had to do with, uh, you know, selling, uh, well, growing rather, and uh, having a space to grow, in this case, uh, marijuana. And oh. uh, at that time, the California made it legal. So it wasn't illegal per se, uh, but I kind of discouraged him to, uh, I discouraged him to going into that type of business. But yeah, that's not if you look at that, no, definitely not. But if you look at that business model today, there are people making a lot of money, but I don't promote that. Uh, I feel, I still think it's a drug. And I don't think I want to promote that. Anything that's too uh, dangerous and not ethical for me, I discourage it. Uh, you know, online businesses that aren't necessarily uh, providing good information or healthy information uh, for kids or anybody, I, I don't promote. But uh, the, ki the, ki the, the businesses kids are starting today are either service-related, a lot of tech businesses, social media businesses, there's so much. In fact, I have a series uh, that I started a couple of days ago called Hacking COVID-19 with Biznovator 30. I put out 30 uh, seven-minute, five, seven-minute videos every single day on our Facebook. And one of the segments coming up is home-based businesses you can start now during this downtime, right? And then there's another one that's coming up that's 10 social impact uh, actions that you can take to impact society now, particularly with your downtime. So there's all kinds of advantages to technology that we see today and benefits, but we hope that they don't use them the wrong way, but use technology correctly and to manifest itself into something bigger. Yeah, and what advice would you give kids who, who want to start their own business? Absolutely. Uh, number one, I would say tap into what you think 
you love to do. Find your passion. If you can find your passion, and you may have several of them, write them down and have a discussion with yourself, with your parents who know you well, who know you the best, and then write down those passions and then think of ideas that you could come up with that can become businesses utilizing or aligning your passion with that business. You know, so it's got to have something that really triggers a passion within you. That's one of the advices I, I would give. The other is uh, every young entrepreneur should have a mentor or a coach that they can, you know, share information with. And I want to go one step further that when they're older, maybe in their early teens, they ought to put together what is called an advisory board. That's nothing more than a group of uh, entrepreneurs or executives, typically older than you, but not always, that want to just serve as a, as a board or as a team to help you and give you advice. These aren't people that you pay. These are people that you talk to over the phone or maybe you make arrangements with your parents to meet with three or four of them uh, and your parents always to have a discussion as to, hey, this is where I'm at with my business. I want to get to the next level and I need your advice. Can you help me? That to me is powerful. Most people, most adults don't do that. And most kids certainly don't do that. And they should because there's people that want to see you succeed, especially when you're young. So have you ever and, heard, uh, oh, my bad, continue. Go ahead. No, the, the third thing I would advise is take advantage of your youth, that because you are young, it's a good business strategy to play that up, that you're young, and that you're doing amazing things. Most adults almost always will support young people that are doing good things in most cases. So take advantage of that. Well, have you ever heard anyone give advice that was bad or wrong? Yes. I think in, in my experience, I always try to be as mindful as possible when I'm teaching, when I'm coaching, when I'm empowering others. One thing that I might hear every now and then is that, that in business, you are in competition and that you have to be better than the next guy. And there's nothing wrong with being competitive, but I'm not a believer in that you should step or overpower your competitor. I think there's enough for everyone that the most innovative, the most creative and hardworking individuals will almost always bring their business to the forefront without having to badmouth, point fingers, and step on people, step on other businesses uh, or other entrepreneurs. So I've heard a number of situations, including parents, you know, tell their kids, in, in, and even in sports, that you're better, beat them, kill them, crush them, you know, things like that. I say, we can work harmoniously and work cooperatively, and we all win. Or, or you can do your own thing and do and excel at it and do great, but you don't have to do evil things to others who are trying to make it themselves. 
Thank you, Mr. Casamido, for your time and all of your words of wisdom. We look forward to having you continue and to watch us grow even more. Thank you. Thank you for being on our podcast. It's always my honor. Always my honor. Thank you. You're amazing today. Thank you. It was also an honor to have you here. You inspire me, so keep doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. You inspire me a lot. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye now. You just heard Are You Kidding Podcast. You guys are the best, best, best. With brothers Sebastian and Brandon Martinez, who are kids helping kids.